Hello, Bridge Builders! I'm here with some exciting news. The first volume of interviews is now available on Amazon.com. The link can be found at eatlunchandboardgame.com. I promise that all proceeds from sales of this book will go right back into this podcast and channel. Whether that is new and better audio equipment for the podcast, or video equipment for the YouTube channel, or even more games to review, the money will not be wasted. Click over to Amazon and get your copy of Eat Lunch and Board Game, the first course today. And thank you for supporting the show. All right, welcome back to the Lunch and Board Game. I'm your host, Adam Collins. And with me today is Corey Clark, the game advocate for Blue Falcon Board Gaming. Corey, how are you doing? Doing great. How are you doing, Adam? Oh, not too bad. Survived the day of work. Only to, you know, I always say I do all, you know, I do all this stuff for board gaming and then I have a day job to pay for it, you know? <laughs> yeah, that, that's about how I feel right now, too. <laughs> yeah, if I could just have a little more time, I could do this full time, but uh, not going to pay the bills as we were just discussing. Uh, yeah, not making a lot of money doing the uh, podcasting, so got to keep the day job. <laughs> so let's talk about Blue Falcon Board Gaming, what it is, how you got it started, what your mission is, because uh, we met at. I want to say, no, Sin City Con in Cincinnati. Yeah. And uh, I was immediately uh, intrigued by your your company. Your Is it company? Yeah. So yeah. Actually, I just got the LLC going for it. There you go. So what is Blue Falcon Board Gaming? So I am a United States Marine Corps veteran, and I started Blue Falcon Board Gaming, which if you are in the veteran community or adjacent to the vet community, you'll know what Blue Falcon stands for. Um, But I started that as a way to promote positive mental health, specifically through board gaming, and then to make board games more accessible to the community by, you know, hosting, co-hosting, participating in whatever free events, kind of like what we were talking about at the opening, you know, we got a day job to pay for board gaming. It's getting to the point to where it can be, um, depending on the games and stuff, an expensive hobby to enter. And not everybody's got, you know, the opportunity to be able to just, hey, I'm going to go drop 60 bucks on a game. You know, that could be a week's worth of groceries for some people. Um, So I wanted to do something to where people don't have to spend money and they can still, you know, enjoy the hobby and everything else. So you know, I try to do events with the local libraries, um, uh, Cabell County Library in Huntington, West Virginia. They do a board game meetup every other Saturday. Gallagher Library, also in Huntington, West Virginia, uh, just started doing every third Friday of the month. Um, I do stuff with the Lincoln County High Schools because uh, some of the Title I teachers, they have to put on X amount of events for families and stuff throughout the semester to maintain their funding and all of that. So we do a board game night and we get board. I bring a ton of board games. Um, one of the teachers, he's got a ton of board games that were donated through different publishers and everything as well. Um, so we just, you know, get the kids together, play board games. And then the social workers, they get a hold of community organizations um, to talk about resources that are available. So, you know, they've got people there for mental health. They've got people there if you need assistance with food or clothing and stuff like that. So, you know, instead of it just being like, hey, here's a resource fair 
that may or may not get attention. It's like, hey, we're going to do some games and we're going to get some food and we're going to do all this stuff. But also, if you need to talk to these people, you're more than welcome to. And I mean, the last one that we did with Lincoln County High School, we had like 40 students show up. Whoa, that is a lot. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you know anything about West Virginia, but Lincoln County, there is absolutely nothing to do in Lincoln County if you do not play sports. Um, so, you know, it's a great way for the kids to be able to actually do something as well or do something that they should be doing. All I know about West Virginia is my wife was born there. That's about all I know. <laughs> and don't they have like the big river, like the you can like whitewater raft down the a river? Yeah, that's, that's the nice part of West Virginia. That's New River Gorge. <laughs> Yeah. 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 That's about all I know. <laughs> no, that's amazing. Um, what you do. Uh, I've been active also here in St. Louis with our library system doing, um, a family game night, the first Thursday of the month and at one library. And then I do at a different library, the first Saturday and the fourth Sunday, they do a uh, board gaming events as well. So yeah, you can usually find me board gaming somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's been a lot, too. Um, you know, we started, it's mainly just me. I've got buddies that will show up and help and stuff, too, whenever they can. But it's mainly just me. So it's it's taken up a lot of my time and uh, energy. And definitely, I've had to grow in my patience with people and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, if you open up a, a community event, you're going to have people of all types, which that's the great thing about board games is it brings all types of people together that may not otherwise ever associated with, with each other. You know, um, I got into board gaming by playing magic, the gathering with some homeless dudes, like, <laughs> you know, uh, well, so that's an interesting, that was one of my questions. How'd you get into gaming? Yeah. So that's definitely uh, you win on originality. Yeah. So I worked at a, a drop-in center, a drop-in center called First Steps Wellness and Recovery, and it was part of Harmony House. But First Steps was specifically a drop-in center for individuals experiencing homelessness. And Harmony House provided a bunch of services, but we didn't provide like any services per se. It was literally a drop-in place to get out of the weather, you know, get out of the elements of the heat, the cold, whatever the season. Uh, you can get a cup of coffee for free. After that, it was 10 cents a cup. Um, you could watch TV, you could get on the computers, all of that kind of stuff for free. And we just had some games and puzzles and stuff like that. And the whole purpose of it was for us to build rapport with people to then be able to talk to them about services. Um, and there was a group of guys, you know, they were young, probably straight out of high school or maybe a little bit later. And they didn't want to talk to anybody. It was one of those typical, they've got their own little click going, you know, they'll do their thing in the corner. And they were playing a card game one day and I was like, what is this? And they're like, oh, this is called magic. And they started going through, you know, most I'd ever heard any of them talk the entire time that I was there. So that night I go home and I start looking up magic and I was like, all right, like I used to play a little bit of Yu-Gi-Oh! Like in high school when it first came out, like the first two sets of Yu-Gi-Oh! I'm like, this, this is my jam. I could, I could get back into this. So I posted on Facebook, you know, cause I had buddies that played it. I was like, Hey, who can teach me how to play magic? This is what's going on. And one of my buddies is like, have them teach you, dumbass. Like, <laughs> like, ask them to teach you. And my boss, she was on Facebook at the time. It was Miss Terry. She's awesome. And she was like, what a wonderful idea. You know, give them the opportunity to be in a position where they're the ones teaching and stuff. You know, give them that confidence and everything else. And that's what I did. You know, the next day I was like, hey, guys, you care to teach me? 
So we did, and I just got, I dove way too deep into magic for a while. <laughs> but it was great because I got paid to play magic most of the day. Yeah, I'm um, just glad I missed that whole uh, magic train. Thank goodness. Yeah, but um, me getting into magic, that got me on YouTube with, you know, Tolarian Community College, and then all of a sudden Dice Tower kind of started popping up in the peripherals, and I'm like, oh, what is this video? <laughs> Going to game stores to get more magic cards. I'm seeing board <laughs> games, and it is it just snowballed from there. Yeah, it, it it's a big snowball, and it's an expensive snowball, as you said. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's why you got to have a day job to support it, right? Oh, oh yeah. man. That's that's a, an incredible story. Um, that is awesome. I never would have thought that that's how you got into gaming. So, but yep. luckily you did, and now here you are, and hundreds and thousands of dollars later, you know, still going strong. So, so last tax season, I asked my tax person move my wife there. I was like, "Hey, I heard that you can get tax deductions for hobbies." is that true? And she's like, well, it just kind of depends. Like, what are we talking about? And I was like, probably like 15,000 or so with my collection. And she's like, my wife's like, how much? And I was like, I'm, I'm trying to talk to the tax lady. <laughs> you did not <laughs> just hear this that. Isn't me, <laughs> this isn't a me and you conversation. <laughs> like I messed up. <laughs> yeah. You got to have a company and then you got to be careful because you got to show a profit and yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a whole different thing. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if I made it over to your house, what is your current favorite game? What is the game currently on your table? So I will never turn down a game of sight. That was one of the <laughs> first big games that got me into modern gaming. Um, actually, I, I thought it was the first game that I bought, but then I thought about how I named our daughter Harper and realized that it wasn't the first game I bought. So I got Scythe in January, at the end of January 2018. And I always thought that that was when I got into gaming. But then I remembered that me and my cousin was playing Lords of Waterdeep while my wife was pregnant in 2017. And she kept asking me, hey, what are we going to name our daughter? What are we going to name our daughter? What's the names? Blah, blah, blah. And I always played green in games. I, I like the color green. And the green faction in Lords of Waterdeep is the Harpers. So I was just like, what about Harper? She's like, I like that. I like that name. So Scythe is not the first game that I played, but it's one of the first games that I played. Um, and then I also named our daughter after a board game. Like I said, better than calling her Meeple, you know? Yeah, yeah. Don't think that one would yeah, no, fly. I've, I've got all the upgrades for Scythe, the, you know, the upgraded Meeples, the resources, the coins, the promo packs legendary box insert all of that good stuff i've got way too much money sunk into that game uh, but i absolutely love it oh yeah we've all got that game we've all got that game that we sunk a lot of money into mine is uh champions of midgard and Catan. which by the way how do you say it settlers of i always say Catan. all right sounds good to me <laughs> yeah yeah, I've got I got people that yell at me when I say Catan, or you know, yeah. even when I say Catan, like I'm just like whatever. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna go old school and just call it at worst. Yeah, I've got a lot of money in my Catan and my uh, Champions of Midgard. Got a lot of money in Viticulture. Yep, um, which is another great uh, Stonemeyer game. Um, but yeah, so Scythe is what's always on your table. That makes sense. I mean. 
it's so big you don't want to pack it back up and then you gotta take it all back out yeah all, all 40 pounds of it in the legendary box there <laughs> that's your workout right there pick up the pick up the box and carry it across the house a few times get your steps in with 40 pounds of extra weight <laughs> that's actually what i'm going to be doing uh for cabell county library this month the very last saturday of this month we are setting up a full fully upgraded version of scythe so i gotta pack that to the library <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome so during your day job do you play games with your coworkers? No. So I am a uh, rating representative for the VA. Um, so I rate disability claims and, you know, I make the determination of if something's service connected or if it's not service connected. And then if it is service connected, what percentage is assigned? Um, so I am working home four days a week. Um, everybody in the office basically only has to come in one day a week and everybody's pretty much staggered out to where I see my coworkers very little. Um, which can be a good thing, but I take that board game mindset into every claim that I work. Like it's, it's a puzzle to me. I'm like, okay, I've got our, our procedure manual and I've got the, you know, code of federal regulations. These are my rules. And then this veterans claims and the medical facts, those are my pieces. How can I maximize you know, my points for this claim? Basically like, you know, how can I get the veteran the highest percentage with each of their claim disabilities if I can. So if, you know, if I can play in the gray and if I can make, if I think I can make a sound argument of something that somebody may have denied, but I think that there's enough there to back it, I will 100% do that all of the time. Awesome. I mean, what a, you, I mean, you live it, you walk it, you preach it, that, you know, you talk the talk, you walk the walk. Um, that's, it's great. It's a good service. You provide our veterans and they're better for having you, you know, on their side for sure. I like to think so. I like to think so at least. Yeah. So let's pretend that you did see your coworkers on a regular basis. What would be your go-to 60 minute, one hour game? You can't say scythe cause that's not an hour. Yeah, no, that's an hour setup right there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, an easy one. So a lot of them probably aren't already in gaming or anything. So I would probably say, I think spots maybe from CMYK. I think spots would be one that I could get kind of the normal, the normies to play. Um, <laughs> the normies, the non-gamers. Yeah. yeah. Is there a term for non-gamer? Like, they, like there's muggle, you know, for in the Harry Potter world. <laughs> I don't, we need to come up with one. Yeah, we need to come up with one and yeah, and sell it. Like I'm not a, and then put the word down. <laughs> yeah. Spot. Yeah, spot is fun. Have you played it? Um, no, but I, I, I just looked it up. I'm familiar with the box, so I know what it is, but I, I have not played it. Yeah, so it is the it's the same designer that did Air Land and Sea. Um, John, I'm blanking on his last name. I did an interview with him actually. Um, but Perry, yeah, John Perry, but you, you, you start with two dogs and each dog has spots on it. Right. And they look like die and you've got different tricks that you can do on your turn. Um, so you either do a trick or you score your dogs. So if you do a trick, it may say like roll two die and then do something else. So you roll those die and 
if you have a die roll that matches up with one of the spots of the dogs that you have, you get to place it on the dog. If you don't, you have to bury it in your yard. If you ever have more than seven pips buried in your yard, you bust and all of the dice get wiped off the board, off of your board. But if you have a dog that is full on your turn, you can score it. And if you score it, you flip it over to the scored side and then that one's safe. You never have to worry about losing it. And then you get, once somebody has six dogs that are scored, they win the game. So it's a very pusher luck you know, you're chucking dice, hoping to get what you need and trying not to bust at the same time. But you're also looking at the tricks that you can do, because once you do a trick, you flip it over. So then the next people can't do it until all of the tricks have been performed. Um, so the, it, it's got some strategy aspect to it as well. It's not just, you know, you're up a dice leaving it up to the dice god. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, that sounds awesome. Uh, I like push your luck games. Uh, the one I just, I literally, I was on vacation, not vacation, but I was not on vacation. I was on a work trip, not vacation. <laughs> uh, and I always like to go to local game shops when I'm in an area. And mm-hmm. I went to this local game shop in Annapolis, Maryland, and they had popcorn dice. And it's a push your luck mechanic where you're, you have dice that represent kernels of popcorn and you're trying to roll and pop them and not burn them there's one burnt kernel side and um so yeah i love uh push your luck mechanics i know a lot of people don't but we'll say that those are more of the serious gamers so the the non-gamers to be named later um yeah though i find that push your luck games tend to get people in into uh into gaming i like can't stop you ever played that one with the uh stop sign yeah i've got way too many bga plays of can't stop I got my mother-in-law to play that. And I got a coworker who's like a severe introvert at the office. I got her to play it. Like there's something about can't stop. That is just very accessible. It's, it's not a very scary looking game at all. Mine's a neoprene stop sign that just rolls out. And then you you got your, your dice and you, you go to town. So, but no, I'll have to look into spots. Um, that sounds like a lot of fun. I like it. It seems like it could be something that even my daughter could pick up. So they yeah, definitely give yeah, that I've one a shot. And then there, you know, there's a bunch of different tricks too. So only six tricks come out. Two of them will always be out, but then you can alternate the other four out of like 24 different options. So you've got so much variation and replayability with it. It's a solid, solid game. And I'm all about replayability. I was just playing my, we were just talking about a game that we played it and that's it. Like, Oh, well, I I don't see this game offering me something different on another game, like another play. I feel like I've seen the game. I'm done with it, but yeah. So replayability is uh, very important to me uh, because you, like you said at the beginning, you're spending sometimes $60 on these games. You want to, you want to get your money's worth out of them. So yeah, yeah, you got you got to do the guy math with it. You know, the, the guy what? math of all right, like if they put like buy video games, are like all right, I'm spending sixty five bucks on this, but I'm probably going to play it for sixty hours, so that's like a dollar a dollar a minute for entertainment. If I go to a movie, like you start trying <laughs> to justify it. <laughs> it's amazing how we'll do anything but switch to the metric system. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so how about a 30 minute game, a lunch half hour? Oh man. I mean, you can knock out spots in 20 minutes. Um, another one. Let me look at my, uh, look at my recent plays here. Oh, do you use BG stats? Oh, absolutely. Um, (laughs) Talking about justifying it, whenever my wife, whenever I started, she's like, you got so many games, you don't even play them. I'm like, ah, look, I've got 90 plays in the last 20 days. (laughs) (laughs) Look, my phone app says otherwise. (laughs) Got to give them the statistics. Oh, Uh, yeah. So kites, kites is another good one that, you know, I feel like isn't very threatening. Um, that one's from Floodgate Games, I believe. Yeah. Now I know what you're talking yeah, about. So, yeah, you got the little uh, hourglasses that you're trying to keep them flipped to where they don't run out. And you're, it's a co-op, so you know that's another. I think co-ops are really good for for the normies to get into uh, board games Absolutely. and stuff because they don't feel like they're trying to compete with anybody or um, they don't have to have that stress of oh I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm gonna and look they don't like have- an idiot. Exactly. Yeah. And you get that competitive, the competitiveness is there, but as a team and not, yeah. you don't have to worry about that one guy who's going to ruin it. Now there's still the table captains that could ruin it, but that's another story. But yeah. you know, I've never played kites. I didn't realize it was a co-op game. So I will definitely look into that one. Uh, my go-to co-op game is still castle panic. Um, yeah. I'll play that anytime. Somebody is like, do you know a good co-op game? I'm like, boy, do I. <laughs> have you seen have you seen the uh, the upgraded Castle Panic that they're coming out with? Oh, I I saw it and I I could not afford it. <laughs> Let me tempt you. <laughs> yeah, it was oh my gosh, those little minis with the click bases and oh my gosh, yeah, I wanted yeah. it so bad. But it was it was yeah, not I, cheap. To stay, I've tried to stay away from miniature games because I, I know how I am. And my ADHD will kick in and I'll be down another rabbit hole of just painting minis. And <laughs> Yep. Yep. I am in the same boat. My ADHD will kick in. I'll buy all the minis and then I'll paint them all and then I'll buy more. Yeah. I, I do the same thing. I avoid minis and miniature games explicitly because of that. Yeah. I, I know I don't want to get down, go down that rabbit hole. Um, I am already spending a lot of money on board games. I don't need to be spending money on miniatures. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, just like with Disney Warcana, like it just came out and everything and it, it's a blast to play, but I know how bad I got with magic and I'm like, I'm getting the starter decks and that is it. I'm like I will get the starter decks to take to the libraries and the schools and teach people how to play it. And you know, do that, but I am not going to be trying to get competitive with any type of even like local <laughs> league. Nope. Know how I know how much money I drained into Magic. Can't do that again. Yeah. So, did you go to Gen Con this year? I did not. So my wife is less than two weeks before we're getting a baby cut out of her second one. Um, so wow. I was uh, there for a while. I was barred from going out of town and Gen Con <laughs> fell in that, which is reasonable. No, I, reasonable. yeah, uh, my, yeah, absolutely. My first child was born eight weeks early. And, um, then my second one, she was born four and a half weeks early. So yeah, when we got down towards the end of the second pregnancy, we were like, we aren't going anywhere. So I understand. I understand. No, I just asked because you said the, um, you're only going to get the 
starter decks for Lorcana. And one of my friends who went to Gen Con, I did not go this this year, though 2024, I'll probably I'm going to try and make it. Um he played a game called Ultimate Uno or Uno, yeah, Ultimate Uno. And it was like DC comics. And you each have like a deck of cards you basically try to play uno but you're like the event or uh the justice league and oh. i was just curious like if if you happen to pick that up while you were there because i want to i want to definitely uh give that a shot it, it is available now on amazon so and i think it's under 20 dollars, so <laughs> it may accidentally wind up in my cart so yeah, how about a um... guilty play Sorry. Oh, what is it? Guilty pleasure? Yeah. How about a guilty pleasure? A game you don't think gets enough attention? Game that doesn't get enough attention. Hmm. So, like, that doesn't get enough attention, or that, like, most people don't like, but I do. Either one. Either one. Because I think of, like, guilty pleasures of, like, all of the guys right now on TikTok, like, trying to hide their excitement about NSYNC reunion tour. They're like, nah. <laughs> well, I guess, yeah, yeah, I guess guilty like, back, in the, back in the late '90s, early 2000s, <laughs> they were bumping it like, like they still listen to it. I guess the question more is hidden gem, not guilty pleasure. Hidden gem, sorry, hidden a, a gem. game you don't think, yeah, hidden gem, a game you don't think enough people know about. Oh, let me look through my stuff here. My current one is a game that I forgot I had actually, and fell back in love with its dinner in Paris. You played, it looks so pretty and so elegant and nice. And then you realize this is a cutthroat area control game, <laughs> but you don't realize it until you're already playing it. All right. So I've got one for you here. I want to get the name of it. Correct though. So you got to hear me out. All right. So it's insane clown posse that made it. Oh my God. And it is a deck builder. And it is called Into the Echo Side. And it is ridiculous. Into the Echo as far Side? As the, yes, as far as the theme. You can you can purchase it through their record label. All right. <laughs> it is a solid deck builder. I don't care what anybody says about it. It is a very solid game. Like I was I bought it as a joke because it was like 40 bucks. I was like, yeah, why not? see what happens. It is a very solid deck builder. I was surprised by it. Oh my gosh. Like they took the time to actually get people that knew what they were doing with this game and it, people just blow it off because it's ICP. Wow. They have looks like some expansions or promo cards to it and everything. Yeah, I can't find the expansions. I'm a little upset about that. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have that I on guess... their record label site? No. No, but it's it's actually it's a very solid deck builder. Into the Echo side. All right, Corey, I'll uh I'll keep my eye out for it. No, it pops up. It'll pop, you know what? Because we're doing this on my computer, you know, tomorrow my Facebook ads are going to be like into the Echo side. No problem. problem. <laughs> right there, it'll be like, well, I gotta click and see, you know, see what it is. 
That's hilarious. I'll bring so you think... to Geekway next year. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I already know the answer, but Kickstarter, you're a backer. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you back a lot, a little, too much? Uh, I've tried to calm it down a little bit on Kickstarter. Um <laughs> Let me see what I'm actually at right now. Yeah, I I've taken a huge step back, um, but I can't turn down like the five dollar print and play. You know, those are so hard to turn down. Somebody's so got, got some weird new mechanic on dice rolling. You know, I've got thirty backed projects since 2018. So what was your first one? Crazy. Uh, my first one actually wasn't a board game. Um, it was called Stick Vet Comics. And it was a veteran who made just stick figure uh, comic panels. And it was about stuff that vets were dealing with. And more specifically what he was dealing with, but it, it translated so well to so many other vets. And it had like a heavy you know, mental health focus and stuff on it. So he he was publishing them on social media and stuff like that. And people were like, Hey, you should make like a, just a compendium of all, all the stuff that you've put out so far and we'd buy it. So he did that. So that was my very first Kickstarter back. My very first game that I, I backed on Kickstarter was Robin Hood and the Merry Men. I know I didn't back that one. I don't know. I don't remember that one. Uh, it was final frontier games. And this was, it funded on March 21st, 2018 with almost 6,800 backers and $537,000. 500. Yeah. Oh, so it was just a small game. <laughs> no, 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 no. 537,000. I know. <laughs> That's insane. It's not oh steam. On. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. Oh my, they don't, I don't even understand why they are allowed to be on there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. If, you, if you're a publicly traded company, you don't need to be on Kickstarter. Yeah. I could not agree yeah. more. Yeah. If your if your promo video costs you more than what my entire project costs me, you don't need to be on Kickstarter. <laughs> that, that's called a pre-order, my man. Yeah. And you know, that's been a, a topic of conversation that I've had with a lot of my guests is like, you know, people like me that, you know, and you said, you know, you're an aspiring game designer and you've got a game chickens in the hen ha- or fox in the hen house. So I've changed the name on it. I uh, oh. wanted to go with a little bit of alliteration and it is hen house heist. <laughs> I love a good alliteration. Yeah. Um, but we'll talk about that here in a second. But that's something that definitely is, is what I see as an emerging problem with Kickstarter is small people like you and me are having a harder time getting funded at low levels, you know, $5,000, $10,000 ought to be something yeah. that we can hit to get our game out there. But it, you know, Simon comes in and does like a $2 million <laughs> Kickstarter for some yeah. IP. And it's like, Oh my gosh. And then as one of my other guests pointed out, it is a pre-order, but it also cuts out all the local game shops that now can't sell those copies to their patrons because they've already yeah. bought it from them. So what's, you know, everything's got to get ruined by capitalism, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, it started out as a way it's like, Hey, I have this idea. 
this is how much of it I've got knocked out. Can you help me fund it, finish it, and all that? Now it's like you have to have a finished or nearly finished project. It's got to be refined. You need sexy graphics and video and all of this other stuff to even have a hope of getting it funded. Yeah, and and that's not nearly – to me, that's not the spirit of what Kickstarter yeah. used to be. You know, and I understand things change and stuff, but yeah, you used to be able to like put out there, like part of your, your stretch goal was like, I can get real artwork, you know? And now it's like, you've got, that's a sunk cost in the game now. And yeah. So, I just signed a uh, signed contract with an artist and it's running me 2,600. So I, I mean, people don't, people don't realize that the most expensive thing in a board game is the artwork and the box. <laughs> I mean, when you when you go, the the artwork becomes a sunk cost, and then when you get the quote for your game, it's always the box. It's like, are you kidding me? That's how much it is just to you know break a piece of cardboard into a rectangle. And yeah. yep, because I was, they I was get surprised a with so with mine, like I have the tokens or whatever, right? And I was like, all right, what quote me out for some plastic tokens? Slap some stickers on those bad boys. What am I looking at? Got it back. And, Altogether, it wasn't nearly as bad as what I thought it was going to be. I was like, all right, cool. Let's let's play around with some numbers and some components and see. So I was like, what if I do wooden tokens with the heat transfer print? And they were cheaper than the plastic tokens with stickers on them. I'm like, how does how am I getting plastic, nicer components? Plastic is so expensive. <laughs> yeah, plastic is so expensive. With Shark Hunt, um, I found a, a I'm not kidding, it's just called like boat on thing averse <laughs> it was just called boat and uh i so i printed off a couple of those in different colors for the play test just to see if like people like the tactile feel of the boat versus um the um i had cardboard chits and uh now i don't so we'll see uh how expensive it's going to be to get plastic boats made you know all right, so after some little technical difficulties, we're back. So if you just heard an awkward uh, transition, that's why. I'll see what I can do on my editing skills. Well, they're not the best. We'll see what I can do. But yeah, we were talking about plastic versus wooden components. And I just feel like the, the wooden components are so much easier for them to make. They just like form a giant piece of wood and then just like a die. You just cut it and that's it. Whereas plastic, they have to like make a mold and, and do all that. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens with which way I go with, um, shark hunt, but you know, I have a 3d printer. I don't have a, a good way to make a, a wooden tokens. I can print whatever I can come up with, <laughs> come up with yeah. a, in, in plastic. So, um, but yeah, it, uh, board game production is definitely, it's a, it's a whole other animal at that point, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I had no clue what to expect well i was just like i'm gonna make a board game that, that sounds like a good idea like that's a good manic episode to have so started doing it did it and now i'm like all right i gotta quote it out and then you know even to get on kickstarter and stuff they're like oh what's your what's your ein number and what's the business bank account and what's the tax rate and what's all this i'm like man now i gotta go to a cpa and like get this info i gotta do well all you can do it as just yourself 
you can just use yeah, you can do but, it as yourself, I think, and put it under your social security number. But I would definitely try to avoid that if you can. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I went and got the LLC created and all that with the state of Ohio because I'm I, I live in Ohio, so I do a lot of stuff in West Virginia. But like, I'm right where Ohio, Kentucky, and West Virginia all touch. Um, so like that little armpit of an area. So I live in Ohio, but I work in West Virginia. I do a lot of stuff in Kentucky. So I mean, <laughs> I can do a, I can do a ten minute circle and hit all three states. There you go. There you go. I, I mean, I live in St. Louis, so I can just hop across the river to uh, Illinois, but that's about it. Can't really yeah. uh, reach anywhere else. But St. Louis is weird as a city because we're like four hours from Chicago, four hours from Kansas City, four hours from Indianapolis, four hours from. Uh, yep, I just lost it. Memphis and four hours from like Branson, like we <laughs> like a four yeah. hour circle. And really just over four hours from Cedar Rapids because I just made that drive. So it's a uh, it's weird being right here. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people in this area complain about the area, but I don't it's the same people that never left the area. So like they don't realize like actually how good we have it. Uh, I mean, we've got three hours to Columbus, three hours to Cincinnati, two hours to Lexington, three hours to Louisville and hit Tennessee and, you know, four or five hours. Like there's some big cities that we can hit with, you know, with a reasonable drive to go and do stuff and people just complain, you know, there's never nothing going on. There's stuff going down on downtown all the time. There's live concerts that they do throughout the summer. And I mean, there's tons of events and people just, I think people would rather complain than try to be like, Oh, there's nothing going on. Maybe I'm going to host an event, you know? There you go. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah, when you, I mean, you're right. I mean, you're not too far from Cincinnati. You can go watch the Bengals apparently get beat this year. Um, <laughs> didn't really see that coming. Thought they'd be a lot better team this year. But uh, you're on the other side of Kentucky or Tennessee, so you're really far from Nashville, which is where the Titans, but they're not doing very well this year either. So you're <laughs> It's all Greek the- to me, man. I don't follow sports <laughs> at all. I'm a normie when it comes to sports. <laughs> Normie. <laughs> That's what we're gonna start calling them board game normies. People that don't know board games, they're board game normies. I like it. Yeah. Oh man. So Corey, if anybody want to reach out to you, uh find out more about Blue Falcon board gaming, how can they do that? All the social medias, so TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all of that good jazz. Um, it's all Blue Falcon board gaming. Um, you can email me bluefalconboardgaming at gmail.com. Pretty simple. Um, but that, that's it really. Uh, I'm working with one of the other things with the Kickstarter, trying to prep for it. I'm working on trying to get a better website than what I've got now, you know, better website host and layout and all of that good stuff. But that's just bluefalconboardgaming.com. But trying to figure out, you know, a good, a good platform to use. That's easy for me to figure out. Cause I'm a monkey when it comes to this kind of stuff, but then also be able to integrate <laughs> a shop into it for once I've got my game produced, I can sell it that way. So. Man, I, right. I mean, I used to know how computers worked back in like 2001 and two, and even a yep. little bit into like you know, six. And that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm like, like you said, I'm like a monkey trying, like trying to solve a math problem over here. Like, wait. Yeah, like I went, I went Facebook Live the other day from my computer for the first time. I've done it on my phone before, but I went from my computer. I'm like, I couldn't find anything. I'm like, where's the comments? I can't, (laughs) I can't see. (laughs) And the, and you're like, I'm not that old. Come on. Yeah, I have to scroll yeah. to find my birth year, but I'm gonna have to scroll twice. <laughs> right. Five year old messing so with a tablet. Daddy, this is broken. I'm like, let me see it. And I start doing it. She's like, not that way. Yeah. All right, kid, you do it. Yeah, I I don't know what happened one time. My phone. Oh, I was trying to find we want my son and daughter and I, we watch uh, a YouTube channel um on marble racing. And they have these crazy marbles that you can go buy. Well, all the sites are in Spanish. And somehow when I scanned the QR code off YouTube, it took me to the Spain Amazon, which then my phone decided everything needed to be in Spanish. So my phone turned itself into Spanish and I had to figure out how to get out of Spain. (laughs) Out of Spanish, my son's over on his tablet, like scrolling through. Says, "Hey, Dad, you need to go to this. Push that. Push this. All right." And I'm like, "What the heck?" Like, <laughs> I tried to, I bumped the wrong button, or not the wrong button, but I just wanted to see how much these marbles were. And the next thing I know, my phone is completely in Spanish. So, yeah, I have uh, my TikTok al- algorithms all kinds of messed up right now because I'm getting all Spanish board game channels, and then also like check board games channels like did you look up cge at all or something no no clue <laughs> i gotta like, I got I give it to anybody listening like... right now so that i can't see i'm sitting in the dark now and adam's completely <laughs> holding gonna... it together so i am <laughs> I sitting in my camper anything. yeah <laughs> i'm <laughs> sitting in my camper and i had my truck turned on plugged in because where we just moved i don't have a 30 amp outlet yet so i'm like oh i'm gonna sit in the camper get away from the, you know, the, the kid and everything else. Have it nice and quiet. So I'm just sitting in the dark right now. That's all good. It's all good. I can see the light yeah, on your lenses yeah. so I can at least see where you're looking. <laughs> well, Corey, I do want to thank you for being on the show. Keep up the good work with the veteran, the veterans. Um, like I said, they, they are lucky to have somebody like you in their corner, helping them out both uh, through the VA and, and with the board gaming and stuff. So keep up the good work. We'll have to, we'll cross paths again. I mean, at least a geek way, but who knows before then or after then or anytime we can. So, um, thanks again for being on the show. I really appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Thanks for offering to have me on. Oh, absolutely. I wanted to get the word out about what you do because it's just so fantastic. And as usual, if you want to reach out to me, it's facebook.com slash eat lunch and board game, poddenbox.com slash eat lunch and board game. And you can always email me at eat lunch and board game at gmail.com. And remember, board games build bridges. When you're gaming, why not be comfy? Go over to supportplayer.org, click on the cards, pieces, and dice to get some merch. These t-shirts are some of the most comfortable I have ever worn. That's supportplayer.org and there's a link on eatlunchandboardgame.com.